folks, welcome back to another episode of your favorite paranormal podcast on the planet Earth. Quite possibly all the planets. We get fan mail from all over the galaxy, Ray. Ray's got, you know, the beautiful, you know, it's like it's not even made out of paper. It's like nothing there. It's just letters. We get fan mail like that. We have fan mail that you just, you know, you just say you just to go open and it just starts reading in thin air. I don't know what planets these things come from, but they're they're fantastic. That's all I can say. You know what I mean? Well, you got to give you got to give credit to our interdimensional friends. Yes, you know what I mean. Uh, it's a symbol of their love and admiration for mostly ghostly. And I thought that would be good to bring up on a, a, a day like today in an episode like this one on a show like ours, where we're going to get into some of that uh, symbolism. You know what I mean? The sigils and sacred symbols. Uh, to be exact, you know what I mean? We've talked a little bit about some of this stuff in the past, of course. You know, your sacred symbols. You know, I think the most common sacred symbol that anybody can think of is probably the cross and the crucifix, you know what I mean? It's been very Hollywoodized in horror films, you know, vampires getting scared by them or any other demons, uh, you know, if you find yourself in a demon night, you got a, cr- a, a cross, little uh, chalice type uh, container that you put blood in and you put it in your window so you don't have to deal with Billy Zane being a demon night. You know what I mean? Shout out Billy Zane, our pal from Scaricon. Um, but we want to talk a little bit about the symbols and the sigils uh, around this time of year. You know what I mean? That's one of the things we like to get down with. Now, funny enough, I know this kind of episode came about very uh, organically, we'll say, or by mistake, some would even say, where uh, we're talking about some sigil magic. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. And we're still, I think, a little lost to where this came from. But I, I believe... Somebody told me, and I don't know what the truth was, and this was the beginning of this episode, was me approaching Ray uh, to see if there was any truth to this, but there was a thing called Sigil Magic, and supposedly it's this higher dark art type deal where people are able to do, you know, evil deeds. You know, we talked the last, uh, one of the last episodes uh, in the past, where we talked in the Hocus Pocus episode, we talked about uh, Alistair Crowley and you know uh, and, and Levey and how their their kind of Satanism was kind of just greed, 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 me, me, me type stuff. You know what I mean? And when we think of these big dark Illuminati type folks, you know, who definitely go with that me, me, me type vibe. Um, you know, a lot of, not to get too conspiratorial, a lot of these, a lot of the evil deeds that are done, they, I was told, somebody told me that with the sigil magic thing, it's like if you put it on your sleeve, you put, you put your evil deed on Front Street, that you don't exactly have to be blamed for them. You know what I mean? So, for example, if I was going to approach the listener, yes, you, you listening right now, 
Look in the mirror. That's who I'm talking about. If I approached you and I was a bad guy and I said, look, what I'm going to do is, well, more so what you're going to do, what you're going to do is you're going to reach into your pocket and you're going to give me your wallet, okay? That's French for wallet. And I'm going to take all the money out of it and I'll give it back to you. Uh, and if you don't do that, then I'm going to hurt you. And they go, that's horrifying, right? Yes, I agree. Now, the central magic of it is that they feel that because they tell you that they're going to do this, that they can't be held accountable. So by the in that situation, by the fact that I came and I said, look, this is what I'm going to do. You had an opportunity to stop it or do whatever to try and make it not happen. Um, that uh, I gave you that chance so you can't blame me for coming over and stealing your money. So that, that, that's what that started off with. But now, Ray, that, that was kind of new to you. Never heard anything like that. That was just your typical uh, jibber-jabber, you thought? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of – well, if you're doing an act like that, it's a justification for it. They're just trying to pass the guilt to someone else. Yeah. If you use, if you're actually using a sigil as a power symbol, and you put that out there, then you're saying that it's the sigil itself that's responsible, not you. Yeah. But, but a proper sigil, when it's formed, um, has an intention put into it, and that's the intention of the one who makes it. Mm. So yes, you are responsible. It's just. Um, it's just a symbol that you manifest what you want with, that you give your power to along with whatever po other powers you may choose to put into it. But you're still behind it. You're still responsible. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Um, but the symbolism, the sigil symbols and the signs and all that stuff, you know, let, let, let's let you really kick off into it because I know that you're very more well-versed in it than I am. You know what I mean? Well, the, the, the sigil, typically when someone sees one there, uh, unless they know what it is already, they don't understand it. Mm. It looks like a weird drawing or a weird script. And what it, what it is, is it is an intention that is written or drawn out. And you manifest that intention through the power of the symbol. Um, the easiest, uh, well, the way it is usually done with a lot of people is that they will take a piece of paper. And let's say they take their name. You reduce your name down to a minimum. Like, uh, I've always gone by Ray, not by Raymond. Yeah. So I wouldn't use Raymond, I would use Ray. And then I would take those symbols and I'd move them around until those letters, until they form a symbol that all of a sudden I look at it and go, yes, that's me. Hmm. Whatever shape comes up in those letters as I juggle them around and move them next to each other or above and below, uh, link them one into the other. And then that being on the paper, I would determine at that point that let's say I wanted to manifest health. I would say, this is me. This is health. I feel health. I feel healthy. I am healthy. You're not going to say you want health. You're going to say you have health. Yeah. 
And that is the concentration. And that is kind of the prayer you, you make and you say at that time when you're putting it together and afterwards. Now you continue to say that as you put it in a bowl and you burn it, which releases that a manifestation of your desire out into the universe. And the smoke carries it. And it brings that health back into you by the power of the symbol that you've created and your intention. Yeah. And that's how, that's how you create a personal uh, sigil. But there are all different types. And they've been used for a long while. Some of them we've, we've seen as, uh, we now take as symbols, as sacred symbols, but at one time it was created by somebody to... Uh, manifest something or to symbolize a power. Typically you see, um, okay, you see in various forms of witchcraft, uh, Satanism, you see an inverted pentagram. Mm. Sometimes they'll put a goat's head in the middle, sometimes they won't. But it's usually surrounded by a double circle. There's, there's a circle and there's a second large one with a space. Those, and that, that, between those two circles around the inverted pentagram, you usually have symbols. It looks like script, or it looks like Sanskrit, or it looks like fancy writing. Those are symbols for powers. Now, they could be demons, they could be powers, they could be elementals, but they are all around it. So that that entire image, uh, what we see as a symbol, really is nothing more than a very large sizzle, calling a sigil, calling upon those powers uh, while you do your ceremony. Yeah. Uh, the physical representation of the power in the form of a uh, sigil is very similar to uh, words which are power. Like There's certain sacred names you're not supposed to say, or if you're doing something, um, if you're Satanist and you're calling on certain demons, you call out their names. The sigil depending upon the ceremony, can be doing the same thing. Yeah. That's, that's what it represents. So if you make that symbol with that, let's say, an elemental in it, and then you call the name of it with the symbol there, you're bringing together the vibration, the voice, the intention, and the image, an image of it together to summon it. And some people use, use signals that way. You can also, um, in a sense, you could say that, let's say someone um, has a tattoo. Mm -hmm. And they designed the tattoo to remember or to wear or honor their mother or father. Yeah. Well, if they've designed it, they put their emotion into it, and now they're wearing that symbol. It binds them, and it calls upon the love of that parent that they carry with them all the time. It has power. They gave it They gave it the power through the creation of the symbol, and now they're wearing it and reinforcing it, and they're connecting in that way. Yeah. So it's, they're, they're a physical or visual representation of what the person wants, whether it is uh, something for themselves, something beneficial for somebody else, or maybe negative for somebody else. It's a symbolism that you use because people rely a lot on symbols. Everything has to be in front of them. They need something to look at. They don't trust their mind, and the mind is very powerful in and of itself. It doesn't really need the symbols. Yeah.
It's true. So you get the words and the symbol and all together, you get what you want from it. Now, would you think a, a logo, a logo, a logo is kind of like this. What I think a, lo- yeah. a logo, a logo is because, but they have thought about it. They have planned it. Um, they design it to get a certain response from people. So all sigils are not necessarily mystical. Some are very practical and that they're trying to influence somebody. Yeah. Uh, when you when you take it and someone creates a symbol and then they put a slogan below it, it's automatically going to have a power to invoke something in you. And that's that's basically what, what a what a sigil does when you take it out of the realm of magic, so to speak. It's true. Uh, are you familiar with the Antakaharana? I'm uh, not. I don't know. I'd have to see it. It's uh, very. It's like a. It's like a cube. It's a cube with. Uh, it's. Almost got a little bit of a swastika vibe to it, but not quite, which I even know that the, the swastika, I know we know it mainly for the the Nazi symbol of like hatred, but originally wasn't it like a sign of peace or something like that? Oh. It was blessings and it was always peace until the Nazis got a hold of it. Yeah. And they, they, they ruined it. They ruined it for the 20th century. But yeah. many parts of the world, they still see it devoid of the Nazi influence, and they see it as something positive. Just don't wear it on a t-shirt. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, it's interesting, you know. You know, the different. You know, is it? Yeah, that whole thing's weird. How it can have so much mean? There's there can be so much emotion. And, uh, behind something and feels and sim- symbolize certain things for different people. I mean, nothing, I think nothing symbolizes that more than the swastika deal. How at one point it meant a positive thing. And then uh, on the flip, the complete opposite of a positive, you know what I mean? And just like one of the most horrific things that ever happened to humanity is the symbolizes that as well as you know, peace and love. It's it's quite a quite a weird deal, you know. Well, um, when you're talking about sigils, a lot of people will take a look at at, at symbols now. And uh, <coughs> for instance, you take the seal of Solomon. There was a description of it, but it's vague enough so that no one knows exactly what it looked like. Yeah. Um. And I say that because someone will say, well, it says it has this here, this there. You're looking at translations. You're looking at old languages. You're looking at what someone wrote down, what they they thought it was. But if you go on the Internet, you can find a variety of sigils that represent the Seal of Solomon. Right. So they they took old images, and what they did is combine them to try and invoke and bring up the powers that the original Seal of Solomon had. What's your take on the, the crucifix? You know, of course, it's what the, what the, you know, the Catholics and Christians even, you know, show off a lot. But then you also know the whole deal about how, don't you think that, you know, that, that, that whole joke of like, I think it was a, was it a, a, a 
what's his name? Uh, oh, it's killing me, dude. Sam, uh, fucking, uh, the, the, the loud, I'm going to have to edit this because I'm so ashamed of myself. How can I not? Sam, uh, uh, he's You're not talking th- son of Sam, are you? No, no, the comedian. Oh, the comedian. Kenison. No. Losing my mind. Kenison, yeah. Uh, Kenison, yep. Yeah, he had. I, no, it was Bill Hicks, I think. Yeah, it was Bill Hicks. Losing my mind. Uh, they were like, you know, when Jesus comes back, you really think he's going to want to see crucifixes everywhere? You know what I mean? Because it symbolizes what he had to go through, you know what I mean? But I mean, of course, what he had to go through was the whole deal, you know? Well, I mean, the, the symbolism there and why it's important is without the death, you don't have the resurrection and the overcoming of sin. Yeah. So if he didn't take take the sins on, then the sin would still the sin on mankind would still be there. So that's a very important thing. But I was speaking to someone from Malaysia one time, and um, in some of the countries over there, they have a different view of it. Now it's not that they're against Christian, but they don't they don't understand because they said, "Why do you wear that?" And uh, I had one on and I was talking to him about it. And they said, yeah, but that's a symbol of death. And if you're going to follow Jesus, you should find something that has to do more with resurrection and love than with death. And I was thinking about that. And I was saying, yeah, the focus is so much on the death, not on the resurrection. uh, Not on the son of man or love your man, love your fellow man. It's the focus is very big on a death. So there are parts in the world where um, even if they are Christian, they do not. Uh, You won't find them wearing a crucifix. You won't find them uh, focusing on that. And it's it's not just in the East. There's other parts of the world where uh, they try and look at the positive aspects and they, yeah, a crucifix is not a major part of their life at all. Yeah. We had uh, Richard Stanley was on the show recently. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. And yeah, I remember his South a- South Africa. I'm talking about Halloween. They're not getting down with Halloween back in the day. You know what I mean? You know, since we brought movies into it, I did want to get a little bit into the symbolism in films. Not too deep because this isn't this isn't Behold the Pill podcast. This is mostly ghostly though, so we're gonna get mostly into it. You know what I mean? Um, I just wanted to kind of talk briefly about um, the logos and, of course, when you talk of you know, media, films, you know what I mean? Some of the biggest films out there um, and the symbolism within their logos. And um, we won't take up too much of your time, ladies and gentlemen, but um, let's, let's, let's talk a little bit about these. I, I want to roll through a couple of them and get your opinion in it because... A lot. There's a lot of that in plain sight type stuff we're talking about a little bit at the at the, at the beginning of the show, um, but we'll start off with uh, Columbia. You know what I mean? Uh, a big studio that brought us a lot of Sam Raimi movies, of course, as well as um, Three Stooges, which is magnificent. You know, for anybody out there that's not hip to what it is, it's, it's the girl holding up. It's like almost the Statue of Liberty esque type deal. Um, with the lady uh, robed up in the clouds, holding up the—I uh, forget what you would call that. What would you call that, Ray? 
with the torch, the torch, yeah, the torch. But uh, you know, founded in 1918 by siblings Harry and Jack Kahn uh, and friend Joel Brandt as a CBC film sales corporation columbia pictures is one of the oldest studios in hollywood in its early years the studios mostly churned out low budget fare leading the cons and brand to rebrand themselves in 1924 as uh, the more sophisticated sounding columbia pictures their name and torch bearing female logo refer to lady columbia which is mostly forgotten female symbol of the united states before there was an uncle sam uh, there was Lady Columbia in her patriotic robes and armor leading the way for America. The studios has always used an image of a woman with a torch. The most recent incarnation uh, was designed by painter Michael Diaz in 1992 during a massive reorganization of the studio. The original Lady Columbia was draped in an American flag. Uh, but Diaz was told to change the color scheme to white, orange, and blue. In 2013 interview, he said he couldn't remember whether it was due to legal or trademark issues. Uh, on the suggestions of a mutual friend, he asked Jenny uh, Joseph, a graphic artist at the time, uh, Picoon of the New Orleans, to be his model. The photo shoot lasted four hours, and Diaz used the resulting image for his iconic painting. It's the only time Joseph has ever uh, modeled, but millions of people have seen her face for the last 25 years every time they go to the movies. You know what I mean? Which is kind of a fun little fact there. Now, the torch, of course, is the symbolic. I've often heard people say light bearer. I've heard people try and tie Illuminati stuff to that. You know what I mean? Um, those that are shedding, showing you the light in the darkness type deal. You also got Pixar, of course, and they Pixar, for anybody out there, you know, you got the light uh, that creates the R, uh, the animation studio. Um, you know, it's it's one of those, you know, claim studios, been innovative pioneer since founding in 1986. When Apple, dude, Steve Jobs purchased the computer division from George Lucas and rebranded it as Pixar. I forgot that Jobs was in, involved in Pixar. Uh, the current chief of the studio uh, in his earliest days with Lucas is responsible for many of the biggest creative achievements. Uh, but La Lassetter is also responsible in part for helping create the studio's memorial logo, which, as you know, is the bouncing lamp. You know what I mean? Um, and it's it's based off of a lamp that the dude had on his desk, which is funny enough. But also I want to bring up Light bearer. That's my main reason for bringing this up. It's another thing of shedding light. Now, Ray, what do you think this shedding of light is? This saying something? What's your take on this stuff? Well, if you if you talk about the lady, the lady of America thing, um, yeah. you're going back there. I think it draws its roots from the goddess Athena, from the, the ancient Greeks. Some sun worship going on up in here, I think. Well. Uh, a little bit of the, the light, uh, the divine feminine light coming down from Mount uh, Mount Olympus, and that would be, uh, yeah, that that would be the lady, the goddess Athena. I tie more into when I, whenever I've seen it, I thought more of that. Yeah, I thought of it. 
I've thought of anything else. Uh, that little dancing light, uh, I don't know. But then again, it is that light theme. They want to bring light to the world, and they're trying to put it as uh, that's what their films do. It brings light to the world. Yeah. You, and yeah. it may entertain. I don't know if it really brings light into the world, but they're, they're trying to associate it with images where um, you see something positive. The movie may suck, but yeah. you still see something positive. It's true. You brought can make the, yeah, I, I was just going to say, they can make the darkest, meanest, nastiest film in the world and put something out there that is really kind of going to offend your soul. But as long as they put something light in front of it, it's like, hey, we're okay. Right. Well, you go back to the Mount Olympus thing and the light again, you know, you're at Paramount, of course, which is just that, that mountain and with the big old, the sunshine behind it type deal. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot to be said for that. Metro Golden Wire, Meyer, MGM, you know what I mean? I think they put out a lot of uh, the first directorial effort of Ray Boone was put out by MGM, if I remember correctly. Um you know, The Lion, of course, the King of the Jungle, you know what I mean? I think that's what that is. That's kind of a, a pissing contest, like, we're the King of the Jungle here, you know what I mean? The sim- so that's what that symbolizes. You hear The Lion, you automatically think, hey, that's the King of the Jungle, baby, and it's got the gold ribbons all around it, gold standard, you know what I mean? Great achievement. Well, stuff. If you're talking to studios and the people in it, they understand symbolism they understand the power of it yeah. they're very careful it may sound like oh we'll put a pretty girl up there but someone was very careful to make sure she had a light in her hand she had a certain sort of image that she presented um yeah i mean mgm didn't put the jackal up there or a rabbit up there they put a lion for power and so they're using the symbols to try and influence the people that you know we're the power studio we're the power boys we're the we're the big guys. We're the kings. So they're all using those symbols to try and get a feeling out of somebody to for that person to relate to them in a certain way. And that's what's that's what's if you go back to sigils, that's what they do. They try and get you to relate to them in a certain way and exert a power over you to influence you. Yeah. I mean, just to finish up with the with the film thing real quick, you know, TriStar also has you got the Pegasus horse coming out of the clouds. That's very trippy. You know what I mean? Walt Disney and all the darkness that is that. You know what I mean? Uh, craziness. But yeah, you know, Legendary. Legendary has got that crazy logo. But yeah, why I st- why my whole take on Star in this is there was a, that image that I was talking about in the beginning. Um, Reminded me of uh, Millennium, the film, the film company Millennium. Their logo looked exactly like that. So, like, that's kind of got my mind going a little bit on that. You know what I mean? Because I know I've heard you know you hear that for so long. So I just want to tip into that for a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, you know, legendary, of course. You know, they're they're I believe they're they have that weird symbolic Celtic. Uh, interwinding metallic looking thing and it symbolizes protection unity and eternity i believe um and uh because of course that's what you would want you know what i mean you would want to, to to be protected and be around forever and all that good stuff you know what i mean 
Um, it's one of those deals. DreamWorks. DreamWorks was more more out of the cloud stuff. What's that in the head in the clouds? You think that's what it is? You know, DreamWorks is more heads in the cloudsy. Um, a lot of them is coming out of the clouds. Do you think there's any any that's symbolic for anything? And we'll move on after that question. Um, I would think so. Um, what you what you're looking at is you you know the heavens, uh, whether it be angelic or the the heavens heaven. Um, yeah, these symbols are not by accident. They want to get you something positive. They want a symbol which uh, you'll recognize, whether it is the lady standing with the torch, the, the lion, the heavens. Uh, when people think of the heavens and, you know, like a benevolent light coming down from the heavens. And yeah. This is such a wonderful thing. And they want you to think of them that way. They're, they're setting you up to respond a certain way to them. Yeah, it's true. You think they're almost trying to take? Some people would say that they're trying that they're almost trying to take the shine off of. It's funny, you know. People subscribe to the idea that Hollywood's trying to kind of they they think that they think of themselves as godly. You know what I mean? But there's some tie-in like that. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. They're, they're trying to make sure that their image, no matter what they do is one which people will like. So they're using images that people will be able to relate to, that they want to relate to, that they're comfortable with. I'm with it. You best believe I'm with that, Shai Um, Do you want to go over a little some of the symbols I got? Sure. All right. Um, Of course, you know, we have alchemy which is the circle within the circle is a triangle within the triangle is a square within the square is a circle. And it just kind of winds down. Uh, alchemy combined with a wide variety of uh, geometric shapes to represent the various natural and esoteric elements needed for its science, spells, medicine, and magic. You know what I mean? Well, if you're, if you're looking at the uh, triangle, that's been around in a lot of cultures for a long while. Sure. Uh, just look at the pyramids. That shape is not by accident that they use that for a tomb. Mm-hmm. So you get the four-sided triangle there. Um, if you look at the Star of David, then you go in two triangles, one pointing up, one pointing down. If you make, a, uh, if you make that a three-dimensional image... Uh, take two pyramids, set one within the other, so a point's coming up and down, and a point's coming out the side. Then you have the Merkaba, which is uh, sacred geometry, and the Merkaba is a vehicle or method for traveling, uh, generating energy to lift your vibration up and traveling into other dimensions or higher dimensions. And it all starts with a triangle. Yeah. The circle, well, quite often, if you talk about with eternity, um, and if you go back to ancient Greece, then you're going, you've got a circle, you've got the uh, circle that goes around, but it's snakes. And one is swallowing the other's tail. And it's just forever, it's forever going around in that circle. That's an old, a very old in ancient Greek, a very old uh, sacred image or symbol. 
You know, when you think of symbols, the dollar bill pops up to me too with like the Mason, because that one of the one of the symbols um, that we had to dip into was, you know, the old eye in the top of the triangle pyramid. You know what I mean? The Masonic symbol for the all-seeing eye of God, and that automatically makes me jump to, you know, of course, the Masonic signs within the symbol dollar. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that is a, uh, obviously they're trying to elevate themselves, the all-seeing eye, um, trying to associate themselves with a higher order of things. Yeah. Um, the thing is that the eye symbol is used in different cultures in different ways. Like at one time we looked at the evil eye. There's a, there was an eye symbol there that's evil in that sense. Another sense, the all-seeing eye is supposed to be God. It sees everything. Right. So they borrowed heavily from that uh, to try and elevate themselves, and they put it on top of the pyramid, which is re- really the base of what the uh, the Merca is built from. The Merkaba is built from the two pyramids. So they're kind of combining a bunch of images there to kind of elevate themselves and say, "We are." Uh, we have the power of the all-seeing eye. Yeah. We have the power of the pyramid. So, you know, um, if you're lucky, we'll choose you, initiate you, and you'll have to serve us. People worship money so much, too, that, you know, the symbolism is kind of important to kind of take note of what white people are worshiping, so to speak. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Well, money as a distraction from anything spiritual becomes what I call a lesser demon. Yeah. They're worshiping money as a god. Oh, for sure. You know, like I said, the pe- like we were just talking about the pyramid on the dollar bill. You know, some interpret the missing top as a sign that the country wasn't finished yet when they made the dollar, when they designed it. Uh, the western face of the pyramid is in a shadow while the front is lighted which some say uh, that the nation hadn't explored the West or figured out what it would do for the Western civilization yet. What's your, what's your opinion on that? Um, I don't know whether people are reading that into that, into the dollar bill or not. Um, my question is, how do they know which is the Western part and which is the Eastern part? Good question. Though I do question why they would have the shadows. If you have the all-seeing eye and it also has rays coming out of it like a sun, then there should be no shadows. Only just all shadows should be equal below it. If you think of it, it also looks like a spaceship, too. It's a, tri- uh, the tri- yeah. it's a triangle with an eye, which could be a light. And it's, uh, it's thrown off some light for sure. Yeah, uh, and it's it's leaving a platform. You know what I mean? Oh, not now. If you if you're talking a pyramid, you're talking a spirit, the um, oh, a spaceship, and all of that. Now you're starting to talk about the Stargate. Yeah, Doogie. Exactly. It's very interesting stuff. You know what I mean? It's almost gonna like uh, like take the show hostage as we talk about this stuff for a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the eye above the pyramid, you know, in the the spacey ship type thing. When Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and John Adams gathered uh, to design the seal, 
they were the first of three committees to make suggestions. They didn't, they didn't suggest a pyramid, but they did discuss an eye. They wanted the seal to have the symbol of divine providence. And the all-seeing eye shaped uh, like the top of the pyramid is an ancient symbol of divinity. I'm with it. The letters, are you familiar with the letters at the at the base? You know, uh, no. The M-D-C-C-L-X-X-V-I. The, you know, across the end of the bricks of it. These dollar bill symbols aren't random gibberish. They're the Roman numerals for 1776, which is the year America declared its independence. It's a fun little fact. I support that. So basically what they're saying is that God is looking down on the country. For sure. And protecting it. And it all began that year. Or the government looking down on the people. But there, there you have the government using symbolism to try and tell the people that this is okay and that we're good. And to invoke a feeling from the people of comfort when they see that those that recognize it. Yeah. There's the eagle shield. You know what I mean? On the eagle. Uh, It's unsupported to signify Americans should rely on their own virtue. The horizontal top bar of the shield symbolizes the federal government and it holds together yet uh, it is supported by vertical bars that represent individual states 13 at the time it was designed very interesting i bet yeah it's his hefty duty we could almost do an episode but like i said you know this is a hostage situation the show's been hijacked by the symbolism in the, in the, in the bill in the dollar bill real quick now the stars above the eagle do you know what those represent uh, I did it one time. I've forgotten. They represent the 13 colonies. Yeah. But, what, but what the dollar bill symbols are surrounding them, they're the official description is it's glo- uh, glory breaking through a cloud above the eagle. But current versions have the cloud surrounding the rays. If you're making a plan for spending those dollar bills, set them the most ghostly. Yeah, like the Masons designed the money. And I, th- I don't think anybody, I think every little, every stroke of the pen or, or the pencil uh, was well calculated. Like, I, that, I'm definitely a believer that there's a lot of secrets up in this thing. You know what I mean? The end of the world's probably in this friggin' thing, dude. And if, if you only broke the dollar bill, then that, that's in everybody. Uh, if you blessed everybody's pockets that has a dollar bill in it, you would know when the when the big end of the world's coming. Now, the eagle on the back of the dollar bill holds an olive branch representing peace, and in its right talon, an arrow symbolizing war in its left. But on a silver coin from 1801 to 1807, the eagle held them in the opposite talons. European diplomats and journalists claim putting the arrows in the eagle's dominant talon was a symbol of aggression and called it a reason to start a war. So American decided to switch. It's crazy. That's some crazy well, stuff. Well, for a long time in many cultures in uh, Europe, it was very, very prevalent. 
uh, and you're going to go back to mid, way back to medieval times. Um, left-handed people, for instance, uh, were persecuted. They were considered evil. Uh, if anything to do with the left or the left hand, the left hand, left side was all was considered to do with, with aggression and the devil. Yeah. So with a with a history like that. When Europe sees, uh, and the right, the right hand is for the righteous, and when they uh, when they see a symbol of aggression like the arrow in the right hand, um, they think their first reaction is that you're aggressive. You think you're better than us. You're looking for war. I mean, they're, they're going back to what's been ingrained in them for a long period of time in their history. Uh, because war is bad, it has to be on the left-hand side because war is evil. And evil lives on the left-hand side. Yeah. But also, if you talk about right and left, if you're doing any sort of magic, the left-hand, left-hand side hand. is the side that you receive energy. And the right-hand side is where you give out energy. Yeah. So using that on the right-hand side, you're very aggressive pushing that arrow towards them, pushing that energy out towards your enemy. And these are all things that played into their reaction. Yeah. Symbols in their conditioning. You know, you think of symbols, more modern symbols, you have the number 13. That symbolizes bad luck. The number 13... Yes. There's, there's, yeah. a, there's a bunch of stories. The most popular one right now is uh, Friday the 13th, and that has to do when the uh, the Pope and the French King decided to take down the uh, Templars. Yeah. was on, on Friday the 13th, and that made that a cursed day. Also, even numbers were considered evil. Odd numbers were considered, were considered good or perfect. You know, now the the, the number 13 ties into the dollar bill as well. Uh, not only was 13 the original number of American states, fun fact, if, uh, from, I remember that from my youth, Ray, uh, but you might be surprised to know how many times it shows up on the bill. It's one of the most frequent on the dollar bill symbols. There are 13 arrows, 13 olive branch leaves, 13 olive fruits, 13 stars above the eagle, 13 steps on the pyramid, and 13 bars on the shield. Plus, uh, probably a coincidence, but uh, Anut Kopatis and E. Le Plurs Unum, the phrases that I believe are yep. Latin, uh, both have 13 letters. So, of course, bad luck. I mean, what do you think? What, what's a... What's your take on that? Uh, I know the 33 is pretty big in the Mason world, but is 13 a big Mason number? Uh, I don't know if it is in the Mason world or not. Um, I know in certain biblical stories it is. I know that in certain rituals, um, 13 is one of the numbers of power. And it's it's used quite a bit in uh, rituals. Most of those rituals probably are not well known in the Western world. Yeah. Because they're rather ancient ones. 
but 13 at one time was considered a power number. Uh, most of your power numbers, not all, but most of them are odd numbers. I think it was Tesla who said, um, if you knew the significance of, of uh, he put three, six, and nine, you notice that two of them are um, odd, and all three of them are either a three or a multiple of three. He said, if you knew the secret of those numbers, you know the secret of the universe. There's another group that I know of that does a meditation. It starts off with um, using sacred numbers, and 13 is their start-off number from. Yeah. A th- 33 is another, another one of them. Again, an odd, an odd number. Yeah, that's a big one. But thir- 13 shows up a lot in uh, old writings and old rituals. We go back to those phrases... The Latin phrases uh, appears a few times on the bill uh, above the pyramid. Uh, you know, the, like I said, the Anut Copetus, like I said, I'm sure I'm murdering that, but it means God has favored our undertaking, which, uh, what does that even mean? God has favored our undertaking. The, the, the choices we make, God thinks we make the best choices. Is that what that is? Uh, God likes our choices, yeah. Well, that's good to know, right? Thank God that's on our money, right? Yeah, what a coincidence. Uh, also, under the pyramid is the phrase Novus Ordo Seclarum, which is interpreted as a new order of the ages. So uh, does that just mean that the or- order is, what you know, money is keeping people in order, and this is the, the current age of money keeping people in order? Uh, out of the 1700s version of the New World Order. Nice. Woo! A new order of the ages. Uh, the, yeah, the New World Order. Yeah, getting deep. Um, well, if, if you're talking about the Mason influence, you're talking about the symbolism in there, yeah, there. Uh, that's pretty egotistical. And they're setting up that new order for the ages. I mean, they're looking at, you know, this is it. Look out, world. Here we come. We are the new order. We are favored by God. Look out. You think it might be done in a negative negative way of the ego and and, and, and create a negative thing? Or you think they're trying to be thinking they're boss hog, you know what I mean? They're the shit. I think that they were trying to establish superiority. And they were trying to let the world know that, you know, we're the badass, don't mess with us. And trying to convince the people that they were the, uh, the people were among the best for being in this country. And they just loaded that dollar bill up with all of these symbols, sayings, numbers, uh, numbers repeated in different images to get people, because the people at the time would recognize a lot of this. Yeah. And, they, they would they would be believers just by looking at the money and say, oh, yeah, even if they were, didn't think of it consciously, they may think of it unconsciously. On the banner, the eagle hold uh, says E Pluribus Unum, which also appears on almost all U.S. coins and means out of many, one, you know, so one rises from the many. Uh, Americans should know the meaning of the colors and symbols uh, 
of everything. You know what I mean? Very important stuff, the burgundy red. Uh, Masons are one of those things. I don't know enough about them to go into it. You can talk to one person and they'll say uh, it's a great brotherhood to be a part of and everything's swell and they don't mean anything negative. They don't need anything bad. You talk to somebody else and they, they'll, they're there drinking blood and dressing up in goat heads behind closed doors and doing rituals and, you know, uh, all that crazy stuff, you know what I mean? So it's that that would be an episode in itself. Uh, of course, you know. If you're looking at that dollar bill, it is, in a sense, the ultimate sigil. It's the combination of all these symbols and all of the wishes, desires, and powers that these men had put into that dollar bill to have an effect. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and uh, lastly... You know, not not so lastly, actually. You know that the, that single number you usually see or whatever on the bill. Um, you know, appear it, it appears four times. It could be a one or two digit number. It appears four times. Uh, it refers to the Federal Reserve Bank that printed the bill. And fun fact: if it happens to have a one, it was printed in our home city, baby, Boston. Ain't that fantastic? Ray says, uh, if I cared any less about what you just said, Matt, I would. Be- uh, no, my mind's, my mind's racing it. Yeah, Boston. Okay. Uh-huh. I've, carried- I've, been, I've, I've been in that town, town more than once. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're proud of that? I don't, I don't know. Boston's, hey, of course I'm proud of Boston. Boston Baked Beans, baby. That's how you got us. Where, you know, your, your, your surroundings create you. The you haven't seen you haven't seen the side of Boston I've seen that. It's uh, no, nah, that town doesn't impress me. It created the boot. It created the boot a little bit, perhaps. You know what I mean? That's what some people will say. Uh, amulet of you know, also symbols the amulet. I know Rayman gets down with the amulet. A magic charm worn to bring good luck and protection against illness, accidents, and evil forces. Um, you know, see, you know, angels. If you're out there, you see that uh, an angel somewhere chilling, a statue or something, a symbol of good of evil, of course. Now the A, it's Ankh. I'm sure I'm murdering it. A N K H. This kind of looks like the Prince symbol a little bit. Um, an Egyptian cross symbolizing a mythical eternal life, rebirth, and the life-giving power of the sun. Are you familiar with that one, Ray? Uh, yes, I am. What's the appropriate way to say that? Ankh. Thank you, sir. I was close. You know what I mean? Arrows. Arrows symbolize war, power, swiftness, the rays of sun, knowledge. As well as deities such as Greek gods Apollo and the goddess Artemis. They were both hunters, don't you know? The Hindu weather god Rudra and the various gods of sexual attraction. They got thought rod because it's kind of like an erect penis. It can be a very dangerous erect penis, but 
Uh, it's one of those penises you got to put a cork on the end of it so you don't hurt anybody. One of those erect penises. If anybody out there is familiar with having to cork the head of your penis, not to hurt anybody, welcome to Mostly Ghostly. Uh, also, you know, the butterfly. Many pagans, uh, its mythical meaning is linked to the soul of the deceased in search of reincarnation. You familiar with that one, Ray? I am. As a matter of fact, in Scotland, they take it one step further that the, uh, it's a soul, but it's a soul of children that have died at birth. Interesting. I know, um, in the juggalo world, when we get down with the juggalos, uh, the butterflies a big meaning, you know, uh, they used to, ICP used to dedicate their albums to the butterfly. Their, their story is they, caught a beautiful butterfly as a kid and he put it in a jar because it was so beautiful he wanted to keep it and overnight it uh, suffocated and died and uh, he was so sad that he killed the butterfly that he dedicated all the albums to the butterfly very nice now the circle the sacred loop Uh, wait a minute you're talking about butterflies yeah oh look at you you're all tatted I like that Yellow, blue, uh, Violent J would have that tatted on him. I'm digging that. Well, also the butterfly, the main thing that it's in many cultures worldwide, the butterfly is a symbol of transformation. I like that. It starts starts off in one form. The caterpillar. The caterpillar goes into the cocoon, really kind of destroys itself, and is born the butterfly. It's like a metaphor. It's a great metaphor for people re, re you know, rebuilding themselves, reclaiming. It's a great, you know, that whole cycle of the butterfly. Uh, I mean, the caterpillar to the butterfly. I, uh, it's, it's great. It's, and it's one of the, those. As a kid, you you learn. It feels like it's one of those first things you learn. And the but the caterpillars can be very colorful and beautiful too. But those butterflies, baby. Uh, f- fabulous, magnificent. You know what I mean. But well, the butterfly you know, is also you start off. You start off as a human being, yeah, and you start off with everything that life gave you. Right. Then you kind of take it all. You take it all in, and then you reform yourself, and you realize what you really are, which is that spiritual being. And then you're born as that butterfly, that spiritual being. But first, you have to go through that time in that cocoon where you destroy your old self to become your new self. And for that reason, I wear the butterfly. I rock. I rep that. I fucking, I'll fight you. I'll fight. I'll fight next to you to the death to defend that statement that you just said there. Let's fucking do it. So back to the circle though, real quick, because we're talking about our circle, right? But we're going to pop into this other circle here for a second. Now, an ancient and a universal symbol of unity, wholeness, infinity, the goddess and the female power, uh, to earth-centered religions throughout history, as well as to many contemporary pagans. It represents the feminine spirit or the force, the cosmos or a spiritual mother, earth uh, and a sacred space, Gnostic traditions linked to the unbroken circle, to the world serpent forming the circle as it eats its own tail. 
which we see that before. I believe that's in the medical field. Don't they have something like that in the medical field? Yeah. Medical field uses a serpent in a lot of different ways. It's on the, on the, they have the one where it's on like the stick, but don't they also have one where it's a circular one as well? I think so. I know that from personal experience in Native American, you have the circle is your sacred space. Yeah. You, you do have a circle. You enter only from the east, and the east is the direction the soul enters into life, and that's where you enter from. Um, the circle is blessed by a medicine man and becomes a sacred space apart from the space around it, hmm. and that's where the ceremonies are held. Yeah. You, you know, the circle, there's also a salt. Isn't there something with um, making a circle a salt for protection? Uh, yes, that's to keep demons and evil away. That's not, that's, yeah. You can also use that. You can put the circle around them to contain them. What is it about the salt that does that? Oh, that's one I used to know. It just slipped out of my head. Is it a pure, because it's a pure, sub, like pure earthly substance or something like that? Could be. I think we've talked about it on the show before. Um, next up, we have the circle circle with a dot in the center, which is called a, a bindu, I believe. Um, in the complex symbolic system of Hinduism and Buddhism, um, the bindu dot represents the male force. Together, the circle and the bindu symbolize the merging of male and uh, female forces. You know what I mean? We went. We went. We heard about the Bindu. We all went to France with Priyadi after we did our episode with her for a couple of weeks. We all we all went on vacation. It was fun. We talked about the Bindu to to, to no extent. Uh, it was a good time. Now there's also the circle that is quartered as well. Now the sacred circle filled with a cross. That's what it is. You know, you're. I, this is a lot of. I think when I see this symbol, I think of medieval times, you know what I mean, in the films. Um, now, the sacred circle filled with a cross is four equal lines pointing from the center to the spirits of north, east, south, and west, or to the basic element, which is elements, which is earth, water, air, or wind, of course, and fire. Uh, you put them together, you get Captain Planet, if I remember correctly. Uh, in Native American traditions, if the forms... Uh, it forms the basic pattern of the medicine wheel and plays a vital part in major spiritual rituals. Many contemporary pagans consider it their main symbol for transmitting the energy of the goddess. Christian churches have used the variations of the same popular shape, uh, usually calling it a Celtic cross. Truth. When you're looking at... Yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to move on. So I, you, 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 you say what you're going to say. Well, if you're looking at the circle, and particularly the medicine wheel, the east is the home of uh, grandfather son. Yeah. The sun, which some people would equate with fire. It's also where the animal associated with it is, and it varies a little by tribes. But the way I learned it from around here is, and it also holds, home of the eagle which flies high up in, up into the heavens the south is water and that's the home of the wolf and the wolf is both a uh, student and teacher it brings the knowledge back to the people that it learned 
Um, the West is Mother Earth, and that's home to beer, and that's uh, reflecting. Uh, that's going within yourself, and that's based on a story that the beer goes out in uh, in the fall and eats everything it can, and then it sleeps, it digests it all, and that's what you should do during your life. And when it comes out in the spring, it looks at everything brand new. Mm-hmm. And the North is here, but that's also home of buffalo, and that's the path to the ancestors, which buffalo protects the ancestors and wisdom. That is the air in the North. And if you continue on the wheel, when you exit in the North, you continue down the wheel to the east again, and that's where you re-enter your life or your next life in reincarnation. Yeah. I'm with it. I'm definitely with that for sure. It'd be cool. Like the I I I like the idea of reincarnation. I think that's great. Like to but come back as a, I I I approve of that message. You know what I mean? To come back as a bird would be fly fly you know what i mean no pun intended that'd be good um i tell you if i could have any superpower it'd probably be to fly that'd be real cool i always thought that'd be the the coolest one to do well if you're gonna come back as a bird hopefully someone you didn't like is still around and you can kind of like uh do a number in their car after they get it washed <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if uh, you you still had the same conscience. Imagine that. So, like, if if you if 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 you were able, if like you knew, like, if if if, if I, do you think you would come back that quick? First of all, and then if you did, yeah, you, you think you would be able to remember if somebody done did you wrong? Well, I don't know if you you would remember remember or not. I know that different birds have different symbolism. I know you were being fun, yeah. I was I was just I was just making fun with that. I know that um and it was good. I I had a neighbor who I knew who actually was a he's a distant cousin, uh recently passed on. And my wife and I were sitting, we're looking out the window, and uh the railing on his porch, a cardinal comes down, it spends time on there, it looks in the house and then it looked and it was just sitting there staring at us for a while. Hmm. Then looking back in the house and flew away. And cardinals are messages from loved ones or from people in spirit. So it's almost as if he was coming back to his house for a visit before moving on. That's beautiful. That's uh, I like that vibe. We come, you come back at the beer blow watch with through through and through the bird. Yeah, the the. Yeah, animals are crazy. You know what I mean. A lot of you know, we we kill we kill off a lot of animals. And don't get me wrong, I like a good steak and a hamburger and all those things. You know what I mean. But we kill all these other things that live lives like we do. You know what I mean. It's a weird take, but um, they, they got to be angry somewhere. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's one of those deals, like the cow, for instance, which symbolizes the sky goddess Athor to the Egyptians, enlightened to the Buddhists. Uh, one of the highest and holiest stages of transmigration or reincarnation to the Hindus. You know what I mean? And I, yeah, I, knew the, I, I knew of cows being holy creatures, you know what I mean? People being, being down with it. And even in America, think about it, that the milk, mother's milk, can you think of a more wholesome uh, 
liquid that you drink outside of water, you know what I mean, on the come up of life, you know, milk was an important deal before they started putting all them chemicals in them. Well, I know but, that uh, in parts of Asia, the monkey is sacred. Yeah. And the monkey is, is supposedly, uh, I'm sitting out back here, the winds are whipping like crazy. The monkey yeah. is supposedly a descendant of the monkey king, which was a god that came down and helped save the people. So right now, food is, food is left out for monkeys, and they're, they're really not killed. I mean, some people, when they go into the regions where they believe that, are kind of grossed out because they're all over the place. And they love yeah. to steal food, shiny things, anything. But no, you cannot stop them, and you cannot touch them or do anything to them. They even have a feast once a year where they prepare massive meals and put it out in the streets for the monkeys to come in and feed them because they honor them being descendants of the monkey god. The monkey king came down and helped all the people? Uh, it, took the, it took the form of a person and the face still was monkey-like and there was a evil demon and there was a fight and it kind of saved the people. I forget some of the details of it and so... The monkey monkeys today are descendants of that monkey king, which was con which is considered a god. The King Kong, is that the real no. life story of King Kong? No, I don't. I, I don't. I really don't think so. I don't think you want him walking through your town looking for something to eat. No way. Oh, your city. We've seen how that ends. Troublesome. Yeah. I think I trust Godzilla more. Oh, if you, you can see him battle off, square off now. The, um, now the you know the Masa the Masonic symbol of the compass in the T square represents movement towards perfection and the balance between the spiritual and physical, which resembles the Egyptian and Oriental mysticism. Compass used to form circles represents the spirit, and the ruler, which is part of the square, represents the physical. I always thought you know you see that a lot. It was good to kind of. Lay it out for the folks. The crescent moon, of course, a symbol for the aging goddess crone to contemporary witches and victory over death to many Muslims. In Islamic lands, crescent can be seen in closing a lone pentagram. Interesting. It's one of those deals. Are you familiar with the double-headed eagle, Ray? Uh, refresh me on that one. It's familiar. It's a, a Masonic seal and uh, initiation symbol. The number inside the pyramid over the eagle's head is 33. The eagle is the universal symbol representing the sun, power, authority, victory, the sky gods, and the royal head of the nation, of a nation. Okay, the... Uh... Remember I said there was several groups that use a series of numbers to invoke to invoke power? Oh, I know 33 is that. That 33rd degree is huge in their deal, right? And when we were talking about the number 13? Yeah. Uh, well, I won't give you all of the numbers, but the first number is 13. The last number is 33. I'm familiar with the ritual. I... Uh... I do love the style and the flavor. 
of the of, of the Masons. And the, their whole deal, uh, the look, fantastic. You know what I mean? But we'll move on next. You know, the dragon, of course, you know, you see the dragon, you know, you, you're in tr- the, the troublesome places you, you want to get away from there. Uh, hostile spiritual forces is kind of what they represent. It's dangerous and evil, but people in Eastern Asia believe it is power to help them against more hostile. So that kind of goes into, that's your Godzilla thing. We, we talked about King Kong, so I wanted to. Talk talk about the dragoon a little bit, which I know you won't. You know Godzilla isn't quite considered a dragon. You wouldn't consider him a dragon, would you? What would you consider Godzilla, right? No, he. he, he I don't consider him a dragon. Um, yeah, I know about in Asia, particularly in China, dragons are good. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that in the uh, medieval ages in Europe, dragons were symbolized evil. I know that there is also believe it or not, in Native American lore, in some of the tribes, is one that involves a dragon. Yeah. And I know that in certain Wiccan circles, the dragon is equated to the ego. Yes. That's a negative connotation, and it's equated to the ego. It's something that has to be overcome for you to have your real power. Isn't uh, isn't God in, in like Old Testament is he isn't he described kind of like a dragon or something like that at one point? Um, originally, no description at all. Okay. I mean, in the oldest, the oldest uh, writing that they have ever found for the name of God, which is in a, so what they call Paleo Hebrew before yeah. before formal Hebrew. Um, it's very similar to a cuneiform form of writing and it's just four symbols and the translation in the old paleo Hebrew is the everything. Yeah. And you are not allowed to say the name of God because that was power. Hmm. I know that when Moses came back and, and said, he actually mentioned uh, speaking to God, when he asked God his name, and God said, I am that I am, everybody was shocked that he even said that in front of them. Huh. You, you can't say that. You can't do that. Now, typically, um, if you take the older, mispronounced version, and we say Yahweh, but if you say the way it was originally written, you really can't say it because it's all vowels, and what it does is literally takes your breath away. Yeah. The pronunciation is just about impossible. And it's really? meant to be that way because you are not supposed to, in, in the old way, you were never supposed to say the name because um, God breathed life into Adam or, you know, God is the breath of life. So if, if you were to attempt to say the name, you take the breath or your life out of you. You never use that, attempt to use that power name. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my life right there. So it's a word that's so damaging. You're not supposed to say it so much that like in, to do all the vowels, it it takes everything out of you that's to the point where you can't complete it. And if you did complete it, you would die or just it'd be incredibly hard to complete. Um, depending upon which law you believe in, you probably would die. 
Marcus, you take into that like the 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 the, the like the five touch of finger death, death punch deal from like you know Kill Bill, which I believe it comes from a true thing though. You know, and in that sense of thinking from that thing, if you were to do some type of breathing exercise, that was like if you did, breathed out, breathed in you know, did variations and to a certain degree, there's probably a certain combination that you could put together that would kill you. You know what I mean? Yep. Take your breath away permanently. That's darkness. I'm not down with that. You get down with the eye of Horus. You see that a lot too. Represents the eye of the Egyptian sun god Horus, who lost an eye, uh, an eye battling set. Pagans use it as the charm to ward off evil. The eye of Horus, if you take a look at the design of the eye of Horus, and then you take a look at a cutaway of the human brain, it yeah. matches up with the pineal gland, which is the inner spiritual eye that sees things beyond this world. Yeah. You know, you and know, I, I want to I know how the ancient Egyptians knew that shape buried in the brain. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you, Holmesy. Well, this is uh, this has been a this has been a fun episode of the ghostly. You know what I mean. Uh, I think we gave everybody a nice, fair mixture of different symbols and, and sigil talk. And, uh, you know, as we always like to do, thank y'all for listening. If you like this episode, check out uh, wherever you're listening to this. There's more episodes for you to like. And uh, if you want to support, we got a Patreon uh, page at Boombastic Streaming, Boombastic with two O's. And uh, check us out. We also got a Boombastic Media on YouTube page. And uh, check us out. Support. We got a bunch of different shows and all types of stuff. And, uh, yeah, you want to hear something, want to be on the show, got something to talk about, hit us up on social media, hit us up on that Facebook. And uh, we're always looking for guests, you know what I mean? And uh, you want to say anything in closing, right? Well, getting back to the sigil, and yes, um, if you look it up, there are methods put out there on the internet that you can form your own or how to, how to make them and use them. The only thing I will say is be careful. Yeah. There was a lot of power. And though you may have a good, you may have good intent when doing it. Um, if your mind is not clear and focused, the intention you put in, something buried in your mind that maybe you don't want to happen, that sigil may pick that up also. So if you choose to investigate them, if you choose to use them, go cautiously. There is some real power in there. These are symbols um, and sacred symbols. They're sacred for a reason because they do have power. So be very careful how you use it. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of things, you know, just be cautious and safe with dealing with anything out of, you know, supernatural, spiritual stuff, you know what I mean? You gotta, you always gotta, you know, if you believe in it enough to, 
you believe it enough that in it to venture there and you think that it could do, do try and do you harm, then of course you should protect yourself up. So we always support that. We should all, we have a parental advisory sticker at the beginning of every episode and at the end. And here it is. So, uh, yeah, of course, you know, uh, well, that'll be, uh, that'll be it. So, uh, the last symbol of our gratitude will be us saying thank you again. And uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly. What show, Ray? What was it? Go- ghostly. Mostly. Ghostly. 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 <laughs> <laughs>